Purdue football news. Welcome to the Golden Black Radio pregame show as we get you set for Saturday's kickoff. Now here's your host, Kyle Charter. One of the most anticipated seasons in recent memory is here as Purdue opens the year Thursday night against Penn State. Hi, I'm Kyle Charters for the Gold and Black Radio pregame show. Tom Deanhart here as well. Brian Newbert in a couple of minutes. Alan Karpik along for the ride. Also, Tom, a big game for the opener for the Boilermakers. The Nittany Lions in town under the lights in Ross-Aid Stadium. Man, it's a, it's a huge one because this is a highly anticipated season for Purdue, one in which many people think Purdue could compete in the Big Ten West, uh, perhaps as a dark horse, perhaps as a team you put up there uh, among the favorites. It's a big one, and it'll get started on Thursday night. Yeah, big one, Kyle, coming off a 9-4 season last year. Of course, Purdue's first nine-win season since 2003 when you were just – a young, young lad still trying to make your way in the world, right? I need to look up, Kyle, the last time Purdue had back-to-back nine-win years. Um, but uh, don't want to make this a history lesson. Great, <laughs> great, great, great. It's going to be a great night, obviously. The weather's going to be good. A blackout, probably near-capacity crowd. Again, the opportunity looms for Purdue. The show last year wasn't a fluke. They have a nice-looking roster, Kyle. They're going to come into Thursday night's game relatively healthy according to Jeff Brom. So they're going to have their full arsenal of weapons and players and personnel. So uh, full deck and uh, against an opponent, Kyle, a blue blood program, Penn state. And they're looking to prove themselves too, my friend coming off an aggregate 11 and 11 record. The last two years, they went two and six down the stretch last year. They've got something to prove. They want to get their program back on track. So it's going to be a fun battle of wills and talent Thursday night. It's a tough Penn State team to handicap uh, a little bit. We know they have a, a veteran quarterback in Sean Clifford. We know that he has some weapons. We know they didn't run the ball very well last year, which is a little bit uh, shocking to me. They finished just a couple of games above, above 500. And as you mentioned, just 11 and 11 in the last uh, couple of years. Some new coaches out there as well. But what we anticipate to be a, a really good defensive unit. So that'll be an interesting matchup. Mm-hmm. on Thursday night. But what are your thoughts uh, from what you know about the Nittany Lions? Yeah, the strength is probably their 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 defense overall, I think. The secondary in particular, Joey Porter Jr., whose father played in the NFL with the Steelers for a long time, probably their bellwether in the back end. So you're going to see the strength of the Penn State defense, Kyle, going against a Purdue receiving core that has a lot of potential, but it certainly has something to prove with David Bell gone a year early to the NFL and Milton Wright, of course, being an academic casualty. How old Charlie Jones, Tyrone Tracy, Brock Thompson, TJ Sheffield and company fare against the strength, again, of that Nittany Lion defense. And of course, Kyle, too, you can't talk about Penn State without discussing their own sixth year quarterback, Sean Clifford. Um, He's already 24 years old. He started 33 games. Uh, he, he sort of had to work with a lot of different offensive coordinators, which is sort of, I think, in some ways hurt him, according to people who, who really watched the program. But, again, he's a veteran who has two very nice receivers. Parker Washington is one of the top wideouts for PSU. And, of course, the Western Kentucky transfer, Mitchell Tinsley, Kyle. He's a guy a lot of people want out of the portal. 
Penn State got him after Jahan Dotson went to the NFL. So again, you know, Purdue cannot let Sean Clifford work unfettered in that pocket, or he's going to probably pick him apart. Purdue's coming off what it feels like is a productive training camp and pregame practices here over the last month. Of course, it did have a couple of injuries out there, which will, uh, at the very least, hurt Purdue's depth. But it, it does seem like Purdue got a lot of things done and does feel like a confident team coming into its season opener, as it should. It won five of six games to end last year. It has a veteran quarterback. It has maybe more depth than what we've seen out of a Purdue team in, in recent memory. It's won three consecutive games uh, mm -hmm. headed into uh, this season, including the, the bowl victory against Tennessee. Yes, Purdue did win that game in the Music City Bowl last year it seems like there's a lot that went well here for the last month for the boilermakers yeah it certainly did you know you referenced the injuries in training camp the season inning injuries to two players uh two fairly key players too of course garrett miller the number two tight end but probably the most talented tight end on the roster the best blocker a real emerging talent who Purdue likes to use in tandem with Payne durham Again, he's gone for the year, Kyle, and Jeff Brom does not seem real comfortable with uh, the depth at that position right now. So it will be interesting to see how many two tight end sets we, we see Thursday night. Of course, Paul Paferi, the former quarterback, is the number two tight end. Beyond him, though, my friend, uh, the pickings are, are fairly thin. You get to a walk-on after Paferi. And, of course, the other injury – was the defensive tackle, Demarge Lewis, broke his left ankle in practice. You know, he was really the fifth starter on, on a four-man line. He was going to be a key guy on the interior, on the nose, and at three technique. So a significant loss. But I tell you what, Kyle, if you were going to suffer a loss on that defense, along the line probably was the one spot where maybe Purdue could absorb it. They've got a lot of depth up front. So still a key guy not to have all year, but a guy maybe Purdue can – can find ways to, to plug others in, like like Prince Boyd and DJ Washington and others, to help fill the void left by uh, Demar J. Lewis. Otherwise, mostly healthy for the Boilermakers. I think the key points there are Brock Thompson should be uh, good to go, though maybe monitored a little bit during the game. And then the two cornerbacks who have been in and out a little bit in practice as Purdue eases Corey Trice and Jim Brown back into the rotation those guys will play that was sort of the the big news maybe from earlier in this week that they appear to be good to go at least in some fashion for Thursday night yeah real key there um especially well heck all three of them honestly Kyle like the cornerbacks you know Jamari Brown Corey Trice uh basically uh they they should be your projected starters and uh, Purdue needs those guys. We talked about the, the Penn State receiving core, the quarterback, the pressure they're going to put on Purdue's defense. you got to have your arguably your two best cornerbacks healthy and ready to go. They were handled with a lot of prudence in August by the staff uh, coming off offseason surgeries. Brown had his hip taken care of, and, and Trice had a knee taken care of. They just couldn't take any chance at all with getting those guys hurt. Hadn't to get them to this point. They practiced enough where I think the staff feels comfortable. So, yeah, uh, the Purdue's really going to benefit by having those two in the lineup. When you talked about Brock Thompson, my friend, I tell you what, as much as I like Charlie Jones and Tyrone Tracy and T.J. Sheffield, I think maybe Brock Thompson could be the guy who ends up being Purdue's alpha receiver. I mean, we saw glimpses in the Music City, but obviously of what Thompson's capable of. Caught seven passes for over 200 yards, was the game MVP of that 
exciting overtime triumph against Tennessee. So what a crazy offseason for Brock. I tell you what, Kyle, titanium rods put in each shin. He also had surgery on a knee, a long, arduous rehab. He took it slow. He took it patient. He was methodical. And I'm always told he's going to be ready to go. And uh, he certainly is going to need number 13 to probably have a big game if they want to take down Penn State. Your conversation with Dustin Hawkinsmith of PinLive.com coming up here in just a moment on the Gold and Black Radio pregame show. We'll bring in Alan Karpik. We'll talk a little bit of uh, Big Ten games this weekend, a historical view of this series as well. We'll get into him a little bit about uh, some of the big openers for the Boilermakers as well. Brian Newbert will come by to give his perspective also. First, though, let's get a Weather update, forecast for Thursday night. Hello from News 18. I'm Storm Team 18 meteorologist David Seipel. The Boilermakers are starting their season tomorrow evening in West Lafayette at Ross-Aid Stadium. The weather is looking fantastic. If you'll be heading out for tailgating before the game, 4 p.m. high temperatures for Thursday will be around 87 degrees with west winds around 5 to 10 miles per hour with mostly sunny skies. So it will be warm out, but it should be fairly pleasant and not very humid at all. We'll have a few fair weather clouds developed during the afternoon, but clear skies will be likely as the the evening draws on. By kickoff, temperatures will be in the lower 80s and upper 70s with light southwest winds, and by the end of the game, temperatures will drop down into the mid to lower 70s with light winds. Overall, expect a perfect evening for some Boilermaker football. From News 18, I'm Storm Team 18 meteorologist David Seipel. Boiler up, hammer down. The wait is almost over. A new football season is about to begin. Get ready for NFL Week 1 action with DraftKings Sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the NFL. To celebrate the return of football, DraftKings is giving new customers a can't-miss offer. Bet just $5 on any football game and get $200 in free bets instantly. One more action for opening night. Everyone can experience the thrill of DraftKings' early win promotion. Get up seven and you win. Bet on any NFL team of your choice, and if your team leads by seven points at any point during the game, you get paid instantly even if your team loses download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code gold and black to get $200 in free bets instantly when you place a $5 bet on any football game that's code gold and black only at DraftKings Sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the NFL Experience unparalleled comfort, service, and cuisine at the Whitaker Inn. This Midwestern oasis is perfect for a relaxing staycation or weekend getaway. Escape from the ordinary at the Whitaker Inn. It's time to break it down as we go in-depth about Purdue's opponent. Hey, we're pleased to be joined by Dustin Hawkinsmith covers Penn State for PennLive.com. I'm familiar with Dustin's work and that website for years. Um, haven't known David Jones, among, among others. And Dustin, Sorry to hear that, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for giving me some of your time, my friend. We got a big game, September 1st, Thursday night, national TV audience. You know, I guess a good place to start from your perspective, I think, Kind of, kind of give people an idea real quick on, on, on you think maybe the the general feeling about this Penn State team coming into the year because this looks like a heck of a table setter for this program. 
Yeah, I, th- I think this week one game is so big, just like the last two have been for this Penn State team. But this one in particular, with the way the last two years have gone, 11 and 11 over that stretch, seven and six. You saw him limp to the finish line last year. And yeah, there are some reasons for and some injuries and stuff like that. But I think so many people nationally and locally are just looking for results out of this team. And this is one that goes into the year with some question marks. You know, I think people can validly ask if Sean Clifford really is the guy to get him over the top. So that's one kind of storyline going into the year. You're looking at a, a defensive line replacing three starters. Now they've got some good talent there. It's just, is that talent ready to show up in week one? Another area of concern, two starting linebackers are gone. They've got a converted safety coming up in Jonathan Sutherland. Probably a young guy in the middle. It looks like a, a, a kid by the name of Tyler Elsden. Curtis Jacobs is switching positions at linebacker, so you've got some moving parts there. The defensive backfield is really talented and looks like a really strong unit that can kind of drive this boat. And obviously, you're looking at last year, the running game is, is something that they're, they've they been talking about trying to establish. So what's that going to look like in week one? Can that be a weapon for them? You know, again, some moving parts along the offensive line, a couple of freshmen coming in at running back. So there's a lot of new parts to try and figure out how all this is going to come together, which is why, you know, I'm looking today and CBS Sports has a Big Ten predictions piece that has Penn State both overrated and underrated. I'm not sure anybody knows really what to do with this team. Offensively, Dustin, um, what do you think the Nittany Lions need to do on Thursday night to leave West Lafayette with a W? I think if they can put their money where their mouth is with this running game, and if the offensive line can get off the ball and help these running backs get downhill, that will be a really good tone setter for this game and for this season. It's something that they were unable to do at all last year. Didn't have a single 100-yard rusher. So I think if this is a game where Penn State has somebody get over 100 yards rushing, I like their chances of of winning it. Um, I do think Sean Clifford, in his first time ever with the same offensive coordinator in back-to-back years, which is crazy to think. I I do think he'll have pretty good command of the offense. They're going to have to score some points, though, and I think everybody knows that. So um, using the running game to try to create big plays is one area, and using the running game to try to stay on schedule offensively, stay ahead of the chains. They were behind the chains so often last year, Tom. That's one area where I think they've got to be more efficient. They've got to get more yardage on first and second down and set up some more manageable situations. So if they're able to kind of execute that, I do like Sean Clifford and this crew of playmakers. There's a bunch of them uh, to put up some points. Defensively, Dustin, new coordinator. Manny Diaz has flown up from South Florida. The former Miami Hurricane head coach is now pushing the buttons on the Nittany Lion defense. Uh, Give Purdue fans a sense of uh, maybe what to expect from Penn State on that side of the ball. One area that we're really expecting is a little bit more aggression, dialing up a few more exotic blitzes, maybe coming with pressure when you wouldn't expect pressure. So I think an an element of unpredictability, uh, Brent Pry is off to Virginia Tech, got a really good job down there. The first time that James Franklin's going to be without his right-hand man in a while. So there's there's a wild card there. and um, But I, I do think he's going to emphasize pressure. He knows he's got um, some lockdown defenders on the back of his defense. So I think he's going to try to utilize that. So I will. And, and then the other part is, you know, you can you're going to spend the entire offseason 
preparing yourselves as a team, but that week one opponent, especially when it's a big one, Mm -hmm. I think there might be some Purdue specific wrinkles in there that they've had plenty of time to prepare for and, and vice versa on the other side with Purdue's offense, try to bring some unpredictable stuff to the table in this one. So I would expect a little more pressure. Um, I think this is a defense that's going to be better in the takeaway department. So I, I would keep an eye on that. Um, obviously, that matchup with Aiden McConnell and, and this the secondary, I think, is going to be a defining one in this game. Okay. Prediction time, my friend. Um, in the end, how do you see this game unfolding? Who do you see winning? I think the last I checked, Dustin, Purdue was, I mean, Penn State was giving, I want to say, three points. Yeah, I've gone back and forth and haven't really filed an an, uh, exact prediction yet, but I I, I like Penn State's overall roster talent depth, and I think there might be some advantages – um, with, with the, with the run game. I, and I, I really feel like Sean Clifford is prepared to kind of go toe to toe with Aiden McConnell. I know that's a matchup that Penn state wouldn't be favored in, in that position by position, but I, I'm going to put it somewhere in the neighborhood of like 30 to 28, which is a cop out. I'm going to pick Penn state to win it, but Purdue to cover. Um, I, I just think it's going to be tight. I think there's going to be points scored. Um, but I, I feel like Penn state has been very, the, the way they came out week one last year was pretty encouraging that they were organized and disciplined and prepared for that game against Wisconsin and played very well. I think they're going to do the same thing in this one. Well, thank you for dropping some Penn State knowledge on us, Dustin. We really appreciate your time, buddy. And the season is finally at our doorstep. I'm, I'll speak for myself, but I'm sure I'm glad. I love the offseason chatter, but I'm glad we got some actual football coming up, buddy. I look forward to seeing you here and what should be an electric ross Stadium and a blackout for that opener here very soon. Hey, thanks for having me, Tom. Appreciate it. At Purdue Federal Credit Union, it's about a relationship. A relationship that goes where you go, wherever you are in life. A relationship that's committed to free financial wellness resources, lower fees, and innovative digital banking solutions. Because we believe in people helping people. Let's build your financial future together. Purdue Federal Credit Union, your trusted financial partner for life. Federally insured by NCUA. On the far end of Main Street in downtown Lafayette, you'll find East End Grill. Industrial and classic, the restaurant is built like a steakhouse but handles like a bistro. East End Grill's menu includes creative starters, simple chopped salads, burgers, fresh fish and steaks, and the signature shrimp and grits. The staff prepares every item from scratch and emphasizes simple meals that incorporate fresh, local, and seasonal ingredients. A warm and inviting dining room features a cozy bar that includes a great selection of craft beer, inspired cocktails, and a robust and expanding wine list. Whatever your entertainment needs are, a cocktail at the bar, dinner with family, or a special event at the private dining room, the energized and attentive staff is here for you. East End Grill and Downtown Lafayette, welcome to our table. Broadcasting from Golden Black World Headquarters, north of Purdue's campus, this is the Golden Black Radio Pregame Show. Let's bring in Brian Newbert, get his perspective on the Boilermakers and the Nittany Lions and the 2022 season as a whole, as we are on the verge of the season opener. Uh, This one has the potential to be a big one for the Boilermakers, Brian. Certainly a lot of uh, anticipation for the year. The expectation level is high, I think, at least for uh, those around the program. I'm not sure nationally if people are paying a, a whole lot of attention to Purdue. 
But it's a, it's a big season potentially and one that has a big season opener. Yeah, I'm told I'm the perspective guy, so let me turn <laughs> on my – let me uh, switch into perspective mode here. Um, you know, obviously this is a, a good opportunity for Purdue to, you know, springboard itself into, into you know, potentially bigger things this season. I think when you look at the schedule – and that is always that can very often be a fool's endeavor because just because a schedule looks manageable before the season doesn't mean that the team facing that schedule isn't going to go sideways. The team with that schedule doesn't have to worry about itself more than its opponents. It doesn't mean that just because there's one ranked opponent on Purdue's pre schedule right now, that doesn't mean there won't be five at the end of the year. Um, but I think if Purdue gets this one, you know, you're looking at this being a significant confidence booster probably. And, you know, Purdue ought to be confident coming into this season because they beat Tennessee in the Music City Bowl without George Karloftis, without David Bell, without Milton Wright, without all the guys that were sitting here asking ourselves, how are they going to replace these guys? Well, they played without those guys the last time they played. And <laughs> They beat a good opponent, and they did so in extremely memorable fashion. Um, the energy Purdue might get from this environment, you know, from playing in a national showcase type of game. I know Purdue-Penn State is not, you know, Ohio State-Notre Dame in terms of national appeal, but it is a Thursday night game. This is a great opportunity for Purdue, but also, if you don't get this one, I mean, you know, when you look back at Purdue's history under Jeff Brom, the Louisville game was a loss in 2017 set the tone for a pretty good season because Purdue competed the Northwestern game the following year. Again, Purdue didn't get that one, but Purdue showed enough in that game where I, th I think it kind of, it kind of energized the moving forward. So even if you don't get this one, um, that doesn't necessarily mean that the opposite of springboarding you in, into bigger things is going to happen. It, 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 it isn't going to be predictive of, you know, you having a disappointing season. It can go both ways, but um, I think uh, it can be a positive no matter what, because when you play Penn State to open a season, um, you get better because of it. And you're better in week two, three, four than you would have been um, had you played Florida Atlantic to open the season. Is Purdue ready for this moment as a program, ready to compete? Uh, maybe at the top of the Big Ten West, it does not have the star power, at least as of right now, uh, that uh, it has had in the past several seasons, you know, without George Karloftis, without David Bell. Um, but maybe it's a little bit of a deeper program right now than it has been. Do you feel like it's uh, it's ready for the moment? Oh, it's so hard to know, especially nowadays when when all these teams have so many transfers, you don't really know what to expect from them. I just kind of assume that um, Wisconsin and Iowa are always going to be pretty formidable in the Big Ten West. It didn't take long for Nebraska to turn into a pumpkin. Um, but, you know, it's so hard to know with Purdue because you've got the quarterback. That's the biggest piece of the puzzle. But what do you have around that quarterback? You know, the thing, Purdue's got to be really good at what Purdue is built to do, and that is scoring a lot of points, throwing the ball all over the place, and you're in this kind of window here where you have the six-year quarterback, you have the guy who's going to be your best chance every time out, Aiden O'Connell, but you're in this post-David Bell, post-Rondell Moore 
um, personnel situation. Your running game is very much a question. I, I'd have to think. Um, I think the Garrett Miller loss, even though he was a backup at tight end, I think is a bigger loss than people are mm-hmm. probably uh, thinking right now uh, because I, I, I think it can limit what Purdue does, especially in the red zone. I think he was going to be one of Purdue's bigger, big play guys, as counterintuitive as that might sound to be talking about a backup tight end. Yeah. Um, I think there's just a lot of questions there. And then you also have to look at the fact that, you know, Purdue's defense was good last year, legitimately good, probably overachieved. Um, you got to do that again. Uh, and you have to do it without George Karloftis, and you have to do it with some injuries in your secondary to open the season. Things like that. You have to do it with an, another new coordinator, even though he's not necessarily new to the program. So there's a lot of stuff here. It's kind of what I mentioned before. Purdue's got to be more focused on Purdue than they are any of the opponents on their schedule because there's a lot of stuff they need to get done here to be the sort of team they want to be. These transfers, this is going to be the case every single year, have to be ready to help you, have to be ready to play, have to be good, if not very good, right away. So there's a lot of stuff here. Um that will determine that we can't predict right now how ready Purdue is for this moment. Um, but it's not like you have a choice here. It's not like you can get two more weeks of practice. Uh, so, you know, we talk about star power. Star power is good. Uh, obviously, David Bell and George Karloftis were great players. But a couple of years ago, Purdue had George Karloftis, David Bell, and Rondell Moore. You know, um, and obviously Rondell Moore was hurt. But star power didn't do them a whole lot of good then. Yeah. Um, you know, perhaps not having that star power is also something that empowers a lot of other people to, you know, have to take on more. And, uh, you know, star power tends to sometimes come from out of nowhere, too. So um, you remember that season a few years back where all of a sudden Anthony Mahangu turned into Calvin Johnson. <laughs> and nobody really saw that coming. Things have a funny way of working out sometimes. And, uh, you know, it's very possible we'll be sitting here in six weeks saying, hey, I didn't think this guy was going to be a star, but. Yeah. Look what Purdue has here. Thanks for the perspective, perspective guy. Anytime you need perspective, I'm your guy. <laughs> All right, let's take a break. We'll come back with more. This is the Golden Black Radio pregame show. Eat pizza and support a Boilermaker student-athlete. Try the Aiden's Air Raid at AZ Pizza this September to support Aiden O'Connell and the Fellowship of Christian Athletes. Aiden even stole one out of the AZ playbook with the addition of Grippo's potato chips on top of his signature creation. Visit azippizza.com. That's A-Z-Z-I-P-P-I-Z-Z-A.com. When it comes to land sales, it pays to have experts in your corner. AcrePro Midwest Farm Group is your local farmland specialist. With decades of experience in Indiana agriculture, no one knows the market better. Whether you're doing a 1031 exchange or simply buying and selling farmland, your local AcrePro agent will walk the land with you and ensure the deal is done right. Visit AcrePro.com or call 765-587-3185 to talk to your local land expert today. Again, 765-587-3185. What else is going on around the league? Let's take a look. It's the Big Ten Roundup. Let's bring in Alan Karpik and talk some... Big Ten Roundup, five Big Ten games that we will be watching this weekend. Some of them, Alan, will be watching with a little bit more intrigue than others. <laughs> no offense for this this week one after the week zero, but there's only a couple of games, I think, outside of Purdue and Penn State. Of course, in 
uh, Notre Dame and, and Ohio State that we'll be watching. A couple games on Friday night uh, to keep an eye on. Western Michigan will play at number 15, Michigan State. The Spartans, 22-and-a-half-point favorites in this one. Most likely Mel Tucker and company will cruise to a victory there in East Lansing. My question, though, about Michigan State in general, however, is can the Spartans repeat the kind of performance that they had last season again this year, or was that just sort of catching a little bit of magic in 2021? Well, at $9.5 million a year or whatever it is, they'd better, I guess, Kyle. And, and, and of course, with Mel Tucker's new contract. Western Michigan has been dicey in these games over the years. I mean, I know going back to P.J. Fleck and even before then, and for Michigan State, historically. But I agree that uh, Michigan State, are they were they a flash in the pan? I still look at them as that fourth, third or fourth team at best in the East Division. Uh, and yet uh, they don't want to lose that opener against Western Michigan, especially now that the a lot of momentum for Tucker because of the contract, or at least perceived momentum, uh, and and based on last year's season. Uh, but you know, the whole thing is just going to be interesting to see how teams react to the off season with NIL and transfer portal and all that. And you never know exactly how teams are going to land. All right, the other game on uh, Friday night, of course, that one kicking off at seven o'clock at eight o'clock. Indiana hosts Illinois. The Illini are one and zero after a victory against Wyoming. Last week, they will go on the road down there to Bloomington. Big season here for for Tom Allen. I think he sort of said it best. Uh, A lot of people waiting to see whether the outlier was the 2020 season or the 2021 season for the Hoosiers. I have my uh, opinion on that. (laughs) I think Indiana has some real, real questions that don't have a lot of answers because he shut down basically anybody from seeing uh, the spring and training camp. Uh, man, this line, Indiana gets the home three points. That's an interesting one to me. Uh, and it'll be an interesting game on Friday night down there at Memorial Stadium. It really will be. It might be one of the better games of the whole weekend uh, if you look at the point spreads. Uh, maybe, obviously, Purdue Penn State's going to be in that realm, hopefully, for, for fans heading to Ross State Stadium uh, on Thursday night. But, yeah, Indiana, I, I don't know why I picked Indiana in this one uh, because it doesn't really make a lot of sense at all. Um, and Brett Bielema, and then you add to the fact that Illinois played a week. I don't know. Uh, and Friday night in Bloomington isn't necessarily – it might be big at the bars. I'm not sure it's going to be that big in that stadium. I, I don't know. Uh, I, I I picked Indiana in our media mania this week, and, and yet I'm going to talk like, boy, I think Illinois is getting in a good position to pull what would be a – a minor upset. Yeah, I think Illinois has got a chance to be a little bit better than what it was last year. I, I just, I, I think that the Illini should be able to go down there and, and win this game. It will be an interesting one to watch, though, just to see if Indiana is improved at all. All right, uh, a couple other games here. Uh, let's see, <laughs> Rutgers goes to Boston College. I put this one on there because at least the spread is, is you know, the line is Boston College minus seven. Uh, you know, Rutgers... Uh, man, it's, it's just playing in the Big Ten East, and uh, it's a difficult place to be. Uh, feels like uh, Rutgers and Indiana could be battling it out for which team finishes sixth there in the East. So we'll see about Rutgers here in this opener. 
Yeah, Greg Ciano has brought a, uh, as he did the first in his first go around, has brought some uh, respect back or toughness maybe back to them. Again, BC is a favorite in this one. I have no idea how. how again, I, I think you're exactly right about Rutgers will be dangerous uh, to teams, but you're right. They're they're looking at a schedule where you almost have four guaranteed losses in there uh, for the Scarlet Knights, and that's a tough tough hill to climb to get yourself to bowl eligibility when you have four games. Uh, already marked against you that's why this game is really important to to Rutgers if they want to look at the postseason to get the job done on, on the road that's a noon kickoff uh they're at Boston College 330 uh North Dakota plays at Nebraska no line on this one of course the Cornhuskers are 0 and 1 after the loss uh to Northwestern in, in week zero Scott Frost's seat is hot I think after that game uh, this is not going to be a compliment for, for Scott Frost, Allen. Um, the longer he gets into tenure, the more and more it feels like Daryl Hazel a little bit, where you just want to be like, you know you're the head coach, right? <laughs> like, we need to be more creative in the run game. Well, you know you're the head coach, right? And, man, it just feels like Scott Frost is not going to get be able to get this thing going. Yeah, I think everybody wants it to get get it done. Uh, I happened to be in Ireland last week with when a ton of Nebraska folks were descending on Dublin, and they all were very wishy washy. Everyone I talked to wishy washy about uh, where that where Nebraska was, and you can't think outside of the free beer and concessions that was given away at the game <laughs> in Dublin. Uh, I think that only uh, numbed the pain of Nebraska right now. I think they're in a very difficult spot. Trev Alberts is as well, because it's a favorite son that you'd like to get, like to have at work. They all like the guy, but they only like him if uh, he can win some football games and they keep losing these, t- these close games uh, and not surprising that Northwestern got it done, but really problematic for Nebraska. For us, the big game in the Big Ten is Purdue and Penn State. For a lot of others, the big game in the Big Ten features a Big Ten member against perhaps a future Big Ten member, number five, (laughs) Notre Dame, playing at number two, Ohio State, 730 kick. Marcus Freeman uh, starting his first uh, full season as the head coach of the Fighting Irish. Man, that's still weird to say uh, because I love Marcus. Uh, I don't like Notre Dame so much, (laughs) but it's – so it makes for a little bit of a weird marriage uh, for me, at least against Ohio state, the Buckeyes favored by 17 points yeah. in this game. Uh, and that's a lot of points for a two versus a five, but the Buckeyes are pretty good. Yeah. It's, if it's any indication of what the power structure of college football is among the top three teams, Ohio state, Georgia, Alabama, and maybe throw Clemson in there, I guess. Uh, my point is, and, and, and you have that type of spread. I understand the games in Columbus is indicative of the, of the difference between at least how the early season prognosticators view it. Yeah. I, I love Marcus Freeman too. He was great when he was here. He was a shining light in a, in a very dismal situation. We've already talked too much about Daryl Hazel already. <laughs> And uh, uh, but my point is, it's going to be tough for them. Ohio State's offense might be as good offense as you're going to see in college football uh, a- a- over the years, not just this year, just in terms of what they bring to the table, what we saw from them uh, late last year, what Purdue saw in, in at Ohio Stadium. Uh, uh, it's just indicative again of what Ohio State, the talent level. I know a lot of that talent's gone, but we saw the talent that's returning in the Rose Bowl last year. I, I think Ohio State will roll in this game uh, relatively comfortably. 
That's the Big Ten Roundup for week one. Let's go back in time. With a historical look, here's Alan Karthik. All right, Al, let's take a historical look at Purdue and Penn State. Let's look at it in terms of, of big openers for the Boilermakers because, man, this one feels like a really big opener, I think, for for Purdue with the amount of anticipation there is about this this season. What are some of the other ones that come to mind for you when you think about uh, season opening games for the board? Well, in the re- yeah, the recency effect would would lead to the 2018 Northwestern just because Purdue was coming off the bowl win Jeff Brom's first year. A lot of anticipation. Rondale Moore almost since the all-purpose yardage record in the first half against Northwestern, and yet Purdue gets beaten by Northwestern at home on that Labor Day weekend. That was a game that uh, Purdue was able to weather the storm that year and at least get back to, to a game that we've all forgotten in Nashville, but uh, that that uh, team uh, certainly uh, didn't didn't the, because Purdue lost did not send them in the wrong direction. But you look at other games over the years, uh, ones that were just huge season openers. Two thousand four Purdue Syracuse uh, Labor Day weekend and a game on a Sunday actually, and a and the game wasn't close, fifty one to nothing. Uh, the fact that uh, Kyle Orton and company got off to a great start, especially in the second half. Remember, Orton didn't start off well in that game, but they blew out Syracuse and you go way back to 1981 and 1980 uh 81 Purdue Stanford at home not a night game obviously but uh, uh big game with ABC Purdue won that game beat John Oway but the year before what probably the most pivotal two top 10 or 12 ranked top 12 ranked teams Purdue at Notre Dame Mark Herman uh, hurts his finger can't play the Boilermakers get drugged by North Notre Dame those are ones that come to mind uh but a night game, blackout, a near sellout crowd, and the fact of what Purdue has facing it for the rest of the season, it looks like a really clear path if you have more points than Penn State at the end of that game. Uh, you have all of a sudden a season of real possibilities, and that's why this game is really uniquely different. It's been a tough matchup for Purdue against yes. Penn State over the years, including a few years ago when they played Aiden O'Connell's first appearance as a quarterback. <laughs> For the Boilermakers in that game after Jack Plummer had been sacked 10 times. Oh, I still feel bad for Jack. I mean, my gosh, got yeah. killed. So yeah, it has been tough. And 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 this and you can't forget that Penn State is a blue is a blue blood program uh with its back against the wall. It's got probably it's got more talented players than Purdue. So that's that's the reality of it all. And that's what makes uh, again, if you win this game. Just a huge, huge game because James Franklin's got a lot of pressure on him. Even though he, uh, even though he just uh, uh, just got a chance to be able to uh, get a contract extension, so that's going to be an interesting thing to watch. All right, thanks, Al. Thanks. That's a historical look at Purdue and Penn State. Let's take a break. We'll come back more on the Golden Black Radio pregame show. Designing and building since 1968, TNW has changed the way people think about construction. TNW's three-stage approach to designing and building is unmatched throughout the construction industry. Learn more about TNW's people, passion, and projects at TWDesignBuild.com. AZ Pizza is teaming up with Aiden O'Connell on the Aiden's Air Raid Pizza all September long. Aiden likes his AZIP loaded with barbecue, pulled pork, peppers, and Grippos potato chips. AZIP is owned by former walk-on football player Brad Niemeyer with locations in Lafayette, Evansville, Indianapolis, and more. Check it out at azippizza.com, A-Z-Z-I-P-P-I-Z-Z-A.com. 
Broadcasting from Golden Black World Headquarters, north of Purdue's campus, this is the Golden Black Radio Pregame Show. Kyle Charters back here with Tom Deanhart to break down Thursday night's game, give our predictions as well. There's some in- intriguing matchups to me uh, in this game, Tom. I, I think it, you know, this, uh, this is so cliche, right, about football, but it- it's the line of scrimmage on both sides. It's Purdue's ability to protect, protect Aiden O'Connell, mm-hmm. uh, that matchup. Then on the other side, you know, the Boilermakers front four defensively, front seven defensively, and, and maybe its ability to continue to make a Penn State running game that was not very good last year, uh, continue to have trouble and maybe make the Nittany Lions as one-dimensional as possible. I think those two things on Thursday night for me are the, the biggest two matchups to watch. Yeah, I think you uh, hit the nail on the proverbial head, Kyle. That Penn State ground game was very un-Penn State-like last year. You know, we all grew up watching this Penn State team in their black spot-built cleats play, you know, 1960s football, and they want to bash you and gas you with the ground game, hit you with some play-action passes, right? Well, Penn State, again, uncharacteristically, could not run the football last year. Kyle averaged just 108 yards rushing, 3.2 yards per carry. And the most amazing thing of all, Kyle – not in one game last year, they have a 100-yard rusher. It's just unbelievable to think that happened to Penn State over the course of a 12- or 13-game season. So, yeah, Purdue's got to try to mute that ground game because you know Penn State wants to try to establish it. Um, I know that may sound crazy and, and to, for Purdue to want to put the game in the hands of Sean Clifford and make him beat you because we know about his experience. But still, I think Purdue's got to do that. you got to make him one-dimensional, like you said. Slow down that ground game because if they get traction running the football, it's going to be a long night for that Purdue defense. So, again, slow down that Penn State ground game. Get them in bad down-and-distance situations. Maybe get some sacks, make some turnovers. Be great for the defense. And like you said offensively, Kyle, protect Aiden O'Connell. He does a good job getting the ball out pretty quickly. But let's be honest, he's probably going to have to throw at least 40 passes for Purdue to win. The Boilers are probably going to have to score over 30 points to win as well. So he's going to have to be upright, slinging that rock, keeping his jersey clean, having a big night if Purdue wants to get out on Thursday night with a W. Purdue ready for this moment, in in your opinion, Tom? I mean, I think that Aiden O'Connell seems to be a guy that that enjoys these opportunities uh, and the action that we have seen. I mean, he has been sort of a a quarterback that does not get rattled, doesn't seem to be – overly uh, affected by uh, the big atmosphere. Got some big victories last year against Iowa, Michigan State, Tennessee. Uh, Mm. But Purdue in general, I mean, a team that, you know, as we talked to in the open, has a lot, uh, has a lot riding on this season, has a high expectation for itself. There are some others, especially some close to the program, maybe some international people aren't paying attention quite as much, but this will be a big moment for Purdue in a big game in which it is a three and a half point underdog. Um, so we'll see how Purdue reacts to that. Yeah. Unflappable is the word I think of when I think of Aiden O'Connell. Um, mature beyond his years. You know, Thursday night will be his 24th birthday. So, you know, he'd love to cap his birthday with the win over Penn State on national television. And you're right. Um, you think Purdue would be ready for this moment. I think the one X factor here, Kyle, our expectations, you know, the weight of expectations. How often recently has Purdue entered a year 
with a lot of great expectations. Yeah. So it's always easy to be that underdog, the plucky underdog who surprises everybody, right? But something totally different to for everybody to have, you know, great expectations of you and for you to try to deliver and meet those expectations. You know, Joe Tiller had some teams like that. Uh, Jeff Brom's had some expectations coming to some of his years, but I don't think any like this year. So how will Purdue handle that? The pressure of people expecting them to do well. So that's going to be interesting to watch. I think it's a, it's a largely a veteran roster, which should, should help you. And as you know, Kyle, you've been covering sports a long time. The best teams are the teams that are always led from within by the players. And uh, I think Payne Durham and Aiden O'Connell, Jalen Graham, Branson Dean, those type of upperclassmen seniors, are guys that have strong personalities and are going to have to be good leaders if this team wants to achieve its goals. Uh, win nine games again, Kyle. The last time Purdue had back-to-back nine-win seasons was 1997 and 1998. Of course, those were the first two years, the first two glorious years of the Joe Tiller era. Yeah, it seems both like yesterday and also like a really long time ago. One 25 <laughs> years, 25 years, my friend. Where has the time gone? All right, Tom, let's give our predictions for the game on Thursday night. Who you got? You know, as much as I like Purdue, I'm excited. I, I just think Penn State's going to be torqued and wound up and ready. Circle the wagons mentality on the road. They know all the hype Purdue's getting. I think they want to show they still are Penn State. I think it's going to be an exciting game, a back-and-forth game, a fourth-quarter game. I think there's going to be points scored between these six-year senior quarterbacks. I think Penn State pulls out a close one. 30 to 28, you know, Purdue covers, but they lose. And again, there will be no shame in dropping this ball game because there's still be a nice opportunity for the Boilermakers to get off to a good start in September when you look at that schedule that awaits. Purdue's been really good against the spread, uh, especially at home. Now that doesn't always equate to victory. You got them, uh, you got them beating the spread there, but not uh, winning the game. I'm going to take, uh, I'm going to take the Boilermakers in a close one, 31 to 27. Uh, I, I just feel like, Purdue offensively, as long as it can keep Aiden O'Connell upright and able to sling the ball, that it can make some big plays in the offense. Um, and that will be enough for the Boilermakers to get the game at home. I, I, I don't, you know, that line three and a half points seems like a lot for Penn State on the road, a team uh, in the Nittany Lions that just has been 500 the last couple of years. I know they've got a lot of talent, especially a lot of talent, uh, defensively but i feel like the boilermakers can outscore them at home so i will take uh, the boilermakers 31 to 27 james franklin then will get a hundred million dollar contract extension after the loss because he has the best agent in all of college i don't know who it is but that guy's solid well he moved he moved he switched to jimmy sexton the super agent of the sec star coaches so there you go and there you go you're right he's got he signed a lucrative deal last november so this is year nine for him yeah, and like we talked about earlier, Kyle, that I think they have to have to they have to show something this year, and I think that's going to be part of their motivation Thursday night. Um, it's been a disappointing couple of years. Fans want more. I, th- I think Penn State's going to probably find a way to deliver at least on this one instance. Thanks, Tom. It'll be Take a good care. one. Take care, buddy. All right, that'll do it for our podcast for this week. If you like the podcast, be sure to uh, give us five stars. Also, leave us a comment. Tell your friends. We do. Appreciate it. Thanks to our sponsors for jumping on board with us as well. For Tom Dean Hart, uh, Brian Newbert, and Alan Kerbick, I'm Kyle Charters. Thanks for listening. This is Golden Black Radio.